folks i hope you are having a great end to your week we are back it's not 15 it's not 30 it's not 45 it's 60 days of summer we're coming to you post trade deadline we are heading down the home stretch of this regular season i'm maniac joined by nick p long island nick and pros and cons joe cons gentlemen how are we doing this week it's been a crazy couple of weeks in the mob Doing pretty good. It has been crazy. It's been a little wild. Lots to catch up on. I got to tell you, man, I am exhausted. Maniac, I got to say, we, I know we have these nice breaks from covering the games at Seneca One Tower. But, man, when I have a day off, I just I don't know what to do with myself. But I'm tired, but I can't sleep. Baseball has just been, like, all about it, and I love it. So I'm recovering nicely. But tomorrow, Blue Jays play the Mets. It'll be another, uh, another big series. No doubt, another big series starting in the weekend. So is yeah, it's it's a crazy energy rush. You get that adrenaline; it's like running a mile, and then out of nowhere, all of a sudden the game ends, and you know you just it gets released. It's a crazy, surreal experience, and this season's been a, a crazy, surreal experience. We are now post deadline, and the biggest thing, obviously, the Yankees just played the Blue Jays, so we'll bring it up. We'll bring up the elephant in the room, but it was crazy at how the two teams felt like in opposite positions of what we expected they would be when the season started. Uh, Nick, any thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, if you told me that the Blue Jays were going to be ahead of the Yankees this time of the year, I would I would have laughed at you. I would have thought you were crazy. I would have thought the Yankees would have been, you know, one-two with the Dodgers, you know, and, and obviously they're a 500 ball. Well, they're a game over 500, but they're a 500 ball club. Let's face it. Um, and the Blue Jays, we kind of talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, cons. I mean, they're a young and exciting team. It's, it's, I hate to say it, but it's exciting to watch, even though they just whooped on us. Yeah, you know, I talked about this. I kept harping on this the last, you know, this past week was when you're a baseball team and you have no identity, it's scary. There's no Giancarlo Stanton. There's no Aaron Judge. Glaber Torres is still trying to get back in the lineup. Um, you know, you got Debbie Garcia who pitched well. I was very impressed, and we'll get further into that, uh, you know, as, as we go, you know, along. But it's just incredible, you know, to, like you said, to see the Blue Jays, but it's also scary as a Yankee fan because you're like, what, what is this team? Is it Luke Voigt's team or is it Glaber Torres's team? Is it Clint Frazier's team? And I got to be honest, I, I was a little disappointed with Clint Frazier because I was hoping he'd take that step to say, I belong here. And I love the guy. I think he's a great baseball player, but I'm concerned with his confidence level. I hope the Yankees didn't shoot that down. I really hope they didn't ruin him. And I'm, I, you know, I just, it's sad to see, honestly. Well said. I think you guys summed it up pretty well. Uh, yeah, Yankees, obviously, big of them. If you're going to get one win in the series, not to, like, be negative or whatever, but probably getting the last win and going out on a high note is the way you want to go. Yankees back to their winning ways. And we'll transfer that into the uh, standing shuffle here. So, again, 60 Days of Summer brought to you by Pazda Electric, the spot to be if you want residential or commercial electrical work. 716-698-2711. Give Pazda call. Use that power of positivity as we're talking about. But yeah, the Blue Jays don't need it. 24 and 19. Again, we're about three quarters of the way through this 60 days summer. Yankees sitting at 22 and 21, which honestly isn't bad. But yeah, it's not up to their standards like Cashman talked about. But talking about the standing shuffle, guys, obviously we've developed a little bit more. Like I said, we're just short of about three quarters through the race here. I guess what team surprises you most? Which times which team surprises you least? Let's go reverse order cons and then Nick P. 
So, you know, I think the one team that's, that's surprising me the most right now, um, first of all, the AL Central in general is surprising me the most. Um, you know, I say it every single week, we, you know, that we talk about the AL Central. Oh, my gosh, it's a surprise. But let's think about this for a second. You got the Twins that are supposed to dominate that division. You got the Cleveland Indians. They don't even have Tito Francona behind the bench. They've got Sandy Alomar Jr. to roll back. Uh, and he's coaching them well. And then you got the White Sox, the young White Sox. Luis Robert is on fire. Did you guys that, see him the other night? I, I think Fernando Tatis Jr. is in trouble because you love Luis Robert. I'm sorry, but this guy could run from left field all the way to right field to catch a fly ball. It's incredible. But I think the White Sox have surprised me. Um, I got another team that surprised me too, the Rockies. What happened? What ha- and we talked about this. If the we- pitching staff's not consistent, that's what's going to happen. That's why this podcast has been a great experience to do. We were talking, I think it was second episode, who's more realistic to stay in their spot, the Marlins or the Rockies? And we were talking, well, the Rockies, if their pitching gets going, you don't need big performances. But instead, it's Mattingly and the Marlins that have managed to tread, tread water and find themselves at 500 <laughs> just short of the quarter mark. Yeah. I'm impressed. Sorry, sorry to kind of, Nick, if you were going to jump in there. But oh, no. that's, the, that's, the, that's the impressive thing about Donnie Baseball. You know, you talk about a, uh, if there was an MVP, he should win manager of the year. I'm sorry. That guy has done more with, with less guys than I've seen ever. Unbe- unbelievable management skills by that guy to keep them afloat. And Nick P, what are you thinking, Sainz? I know you got a part in Nick P on this episode. He's also simultaneously doing a fantasy draft. <laughs> so he's trying to dodge, weave, and make his money picks. But who's your pick for the team that surprised you so far in the standings? Well, Cons took the, the, the words out of my mouth with the White Sox. But um, I want to talk about the Angels. Um, oh. The Angels are a team that they, they made some big moves in the offseason, right? They went yeah. after Rendon. They got themselves a Hall of Fame coach in, in Madden. Um, I was expecting at least 500 baseball from this team. I am blown away with how poorly they're playing, especially, of course, who else but Mike Trout – is mashing the baseball. There's um, some kind of parabola where like, better mo- – I don't know. I don't know what happened there. There's some kind of parabola that, like, the better Mike Trout plays, the worse the Angels have to play, I feel like, Nick. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, you would think, like, this guy is going to put the team on his back. I mean, his war every year – I mean, if they didn't have him, they'd be, like – 40 games under 500. It's unbelievable every season. So that's a surprise to me. Um, another surprise team to me, uh, obviously, was the White Sox. But we'll talk about the San Francisco Giants. Um, they're a team that is right there in the thick of things with, you know, with the playoff race. Um, they're two games over 500. They're playing great baseball. They're just a really good, well-rounded team. And obviously, Khan's talked about this. With San Francisco, without Buster Posey, hey, they're a playoff team. It's actually pretty crazy, pretty crazy to see the Giants doing what they're doing. Incredible breakout performance for the uh, Giants. They've had a couple of young guys obviously going crazy. They got Wilmer Flores. They have Donovan Solano. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's impossible to catch someone off guard with this name, but Mike Yastrzemski has just been playing out of his mind. He's hitting just short of 300, almost 10 bounds. He's doing it near the top of the lineup. I don't think anyone expected that to come just like anyone expected the Giants to be in the position they're in. Almost a, over a 400 OBP for Yastrzemski. And you're right. I mean, it's crazy that in a division where the Rockies started 10-2, and two, that has the Los Angeles Dodgers, that has the 
Padres playing as well as they are, the, the Slam Diego Padres. Yeah, it's crazy that the Giants are still in it, so kudos to them. Uh, I will say the one disappointment for me um, is the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, I mean, again, this is a team with a lot of promise. Trevor Bauer has pitched well, so you can't even use like, these use of the acquisition to work out. But Trevor Bauer's arguably been the best thing about the team besides Blas Dianos. But, again, they're not getting it done. Five games under 500. It's just not a good season for, for Reds fans, unless, unless you hate Mike Brenneman because he's gone. But we'll move on from that topic. We just passed the deadline. Uh, it was kind of a lot. There were a lot of shuffle moves. And the Blue Jays, our Buffalo Blue Jays, were very active. So it was surprising to see that. Um, but let's go uh, back standard order, Nick, and then Cons, and then I'll chime in. What team, I guess, surprised you the most or maybe a player's decision surprised you the most? Hey, I got to talk about the San Diego Padres. They're all in. Their GM went all in at the trade deadline. They're ready I, can't to win. Believe, I cannot believe Bieber is a Padre. Definitely not a storyline I saw happening at the beginning of the season. And then they picked up Austin Nola. I mean, they did, they did some big I'm things. sorry, Clevenger. I'm sorry, Clevenger. Clevenger, right. The, right. the embarrassment of riches the Cleveland Indians had at pitching, like, literally 12 months ago was incalculable. Right. It's true. Hey, Clevenger's going to do big things for San Diego. And Nola's fitting in just fine uh, in San Diego as well. I think the Padres are a great team. I think they were good enough to make the playoffs as it stands. But – now you add these guys, they're going to compete in the playoffs. You know, I think they might have squeaked in and been a seven or eight seed and got blown out by the Dodgers. But now they're probably going to get in as like a four or five seed. They're going to make a little noise. And if that team gets ahead of steam, I mean, watch out. Cons, I know you love Disney movies, but don't get frozen on us right now. Cons, what team, what player surprised you at the trade deadline? Um... You know, I got to be honest with you. Um, it's kind of a tough one for me. Um, but I think Clevenger going to San Diego was a big, big thing for me because there was a lot of big fish that were after him. Uh, but to see San Diego go out and get him, I, I wasn't expecting San Diego to pick him up. You know what I mean? It was one of those teams that, like, they're hitting the ball well, but then all of a sudden they're like, oh, you guys don't want him? You don't want to pay the high price? We'll take him. It was just kind of like Mike Clevenger with the Yankees, Mike Clevenger with the Tigers, and it was like the Padres swooped in and just stole them. That was a big surprise to me. Okay. I love to hear it. And then we obviously – with that, both of you said, do you think the San Diego Padres make it past the typical second round of the playoffs? Do you think they make it to the uh, – what is it? Championship Series. Do you think the San Diego Padres make a change here? Let's go reverse. Cons first and then Nick. I, I want to say that. I want to say yes. But, I mean, it's all going to come down to the experience in the playoffs, right? I mean, you're, you're essentially – you're already kind of crowning the Dodgers, right? I mean, they're running away with yep. their division. So, you know, if you're to gate I, – I use them as a gauge only because – with the NL because – it's like there's the Dodgers, then six feet of teams, and then like then there's like six feet, and then every other team. So I'd probably say that like I think they have a pretty good chance. I'm not doubting them. I just don't know if they're gonna be able to hit grand slams every single night in the playoffs. That's kind of the bread and butter is hitting home runs. That, so. And that is the thing you see because pitching obviously is in a prime in the postseason, and so you see those teams that make a living on slugging like what the Minnesota Twins last year. You see it start to struggle when it gets to the tough. When the tough gets going, the bombs get. Lost. Nick, you think the uh, Padres can make the uh, championship series? 
You know, it really depends on how their bracket shapes up. You know, I, re I really think so. Um, do I mean, if they don't have to play the Dodgers in the first couple of rounds, then yeah, I, I do. I do think they can, but I don't think a team in the NL can really match up to the Dodgers as long as they stay healthy in a seven game series. I, I just can't see it on my end. Um, I, I know there's other good ball clubs, obviously, uh, you know, in the NL with the Braves, you know, obviously, you know, the, the NL central is kind of anybody's ball game at this point too, with the Cubs and cards, but I don't see anyone beating the Dodgers. So I think they can get to the NL championship series, but it's got to matter with their bracket. And then they get blown out by the Dodgers and the Dodgers go to the world series. That that's my prediction at least. Okay. Okay. I think that's fair. I mean, obviously Dodgers is a popular pick for everybody. Yeah. I mean, the Cubs have managed to kind of stay where they're at. The Braves are obviously a little bit hotter now, even though they've cooled off a bit. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the standing shuffle. But speaking of shuffles, Whoever makes the postseason, whoever gets dancing, they're looking at a bubble life, gents. I feel like this was the worst kept – I don't even call it, like, the worst kept secret, but you knew that at some point when the MLB was sitting there with the all these other bubbles working so well, you can't contain it with the 30 teams all over the place. NBA and NHL obviously benefited from having, uh, you know, not all the teams come back, made it a little bit more contained. But now that you get down to the postseason, it looks like they're, they're going with the bubble – we're getting initial reports that they're going to be playing in the new stadium in Arlington. So I'll just, I'm, I'll leave it open to you guys. Just thoughts on the bubble thought on, thoughts on the way that everything has happened this season, beginning with the breakdowns with the Marlins and the Cardinals to now where it seems like they're transitioning to a bubble in the postseason. It seems like the responsible play, but doesn't it seem almost like amateurish in the way that everything was done with this league this year? Yeah, Maniac, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. You're too little too late at this point. I mean, what, we're a couple months into the season and you're going to make a bubble now? I mean, you literally hurt teams' chances of winning ball games. I know the Cardinals are doing their thing, of course. But the way that this, you know, COVID has affected the Marlins, the Cardinals, the Mets, you know, there's been so many toss-ups in these games where, I mean, I don't want to make any, any you know, I don't, I don't want to make any excuses for teams, but, like, the Yankees had to play double headers and their team wasn't even the one that had COVID. So, you know, when you look at, when you look at the way it breaks down, not only for the team that gets COVID, but the team that they're playing against, and then there's a complete schedule shuffle. It's too little too late. The, you know, Manfred is awful. I, he, he should have put a bubble in place from day one. It's working for these other leagues and the, the major league baseball, like you said, they look like a bunch of amateurs. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, the one thing I will say you know, the one positive from all of this is I think tracking it was something that was learned. You know, I think the way that – let me let me kind of backtrack a little bit here. This pandemic is awful, okay? It's, the, it's literally the worst thing. It's such an inconvenience. I, I can't stress that enough. Um, but I think that in the beginning we were kind of freaking out, like, this season's not going to happen, this season's not going to happen. And I remember saying, I said, they have to play the season out for two things. One – they weren't going to start a season and stop it. It would have been the worst thing for, for baseball. Um, not that we should put lives at risk, but it would have been bad for baseball. That, I, I was I was all aboard on that take. Once this season started, they weren't stopping it. Like, like I remember when those like when the Marlins reports broke out, there was no hesitancy. The Marlins were done, and the teams that were going to play were going to play. And, and the second thing, too, is there needed to be a sport that was kind of like the guinea pig for tracking COVID. And the NBA had already figured it out. They got the bubble in place. They were testing, you know, players. 
But I think baseball was interesting in itself, like, let's try and play these games in different cities and see what happens. And I think what they learned was, okay, we can get through the season by taking certain players and putting them on a, you know, a 10 day quarantine or, you know, the taxi players. And and I think they kind of figured out a process as time, you know, as time went on, you know, we have hit fall, which is flu season. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens during the playoffs. But I definitely think that as bad as this has been, it was good for baseball to kind of complete the whole season to see how they were going to track it, how they were going to handle it, where teams were going to play. And let's face it, it, watching the Blue Jays in Buffalo was really cool too. I mean, the fact that they did that, I mean, I don't want to be selfish in saying that, but you know, we watched baseball for the first time in over a hundred years in Buffalo. Yeah. It's crazy to think. So, uh, you know, in, in summation, kind of in, in conclusion, I think that there was a lot of positives and a lot of negatives with, with the way that things were handled this year. A hundred percent. If it all didn't happen the way it was, we would have never gotten major league baseball games in Buffalo. And we were fortunate to be at Seneca one tower for those. Obviously, Nick, you're going to have to catch us on the next series. I know you're taking yes. care of business, family, everything. So we'll see you up in the train wreck seat for that series and probably some more. We got a chair for you, Nick. We got we a got, chair for you. Oh, we always, get, we always I'm, got a I'm chair. For it I'll be rooted in that chair next series. I promise you. You guys right. are going to be bunkering down. It's going to be hysterical. But, hey, speaking of funny, there is no time for any funny business because these teams are three quarters of the way in. We are hitting the stretch run. When there's 15 games left, 18 games left in the MLB season, doesn't matter if it was only 60 days of summer because that camp, that summer camp is coming to a close and these teams are getting serious. What storylines are you guys tracking most, like, attentively? Let's leave the Yankees out of it because, obviously, we, we all, all three of us want to see what the Yankees will do down the stretch run. We, I think we all have faith that with Debbie Garcia, Tanaka getting some meaningful starts, Cole will return to form. I mean, Cole's been a little bit of an aberration lately of himself. It's almost guaranteed that his numbers are going to move in the positive direction. But besides that, let's start with Nick and then go to cons. What storylines are we tracking as we hit the stretch run in the MLB 2020? So it's kind of a boring storyline for me. Um, but it's, it's, a fun, it's a fun one at the same time. So the Texas Rangers, they were a team that in the beginning of the season, we looked at them. And we're like, wow, this team can pitch, they can hit, they're doing things on both sides of the baseball, right? Then Fernando Tatis comes in, and he hits a grand slam when they're down by 400 runs, and they have a meltdown. And I'm not talking just a meltdown for that game or for that series. They are 5-18 and 18 since the Tatis slam. That's insane. That's Great insane. numbers right there. Yeah, I mean, that's unbelievable. <laughs> I appreciate it. Not for them. But, uh, no, but Tatis – I mean, when he hit that grand slam, it seems like the wheels fell off for the Texas Rangers. Um, surprising. I'm surprised about that. I didn't think they were going to be like, you know, a bell of a ball kind of situation, but I thought they would have been a 500 ball club. They have a decent squad. They're built for the future if they keep it together, but not something I was expecting. And then another storyline that I'm very impressed with is the ageless wonder. And I'm talking about Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz is doing some unbelievable stuff at the ripe young age of 40. He's doing, he's mashing the baseball. I mean, this guy's got to be, if not at the top, he's got to be up there in MVP race right now, right? I mean, he's batting 342, 15 homers, 31 RBIs, and 1117 OPS. So, yeah, I mean, this guy at 40 is mashing baseballs better than Mike Trout. Figure that out. 
I'm talking out of pocket here, but are Nelson Cruz and Bartolo Colon like friends? Are they connected? Because I, I think so. Colon, I think Colon gave him the chupacabra stem cells that he got before he came to the Yankees. Remember when Colon came to the Yankees, you just throw in like 96 out of nowhere. He hit a, yeah, yeah he, he was. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. We'll we'll see where Nelson Cruz goes, and obviously, number of the teams. Cons, what are you looking at down the stretch run here in the 60 days of summer? So. Teoscar Hernandez, uh, right fielder for the Toronto Blue Jays, is out right now with an oblique strain. Uh, I talked about it last night that oblique strains are very finicky. You know, you got to wait for the swelling to go down to do your second MRI. And, I mean, he was on fire. I mean, when the, he was hitting game-winning hits. He's hitting here. He's throwing the ball here. He's, still, he still, a, fourth, still fourth in the MLB in home runs, even with that, that time service miss. Yep, still fourth in the MLB and in bombs. I'm interested to see what the Blue Jays can do down the stretch. They're getting they're getting a lot of help from that lineup, uh, especially from guys like you know Kevin Biggio with that plate discipline. By the way, Kevin Biggio has only swung at 16% of uh, of balls out of the strike zone. He leads the MLB. It's incredible. That is like, incredible. And, and we watch all the time. He strikes out, and we're like, why didn't he swing at that? It's because he's so picky but he exposes pitchers' repertoire, and that's what you want to do. So it'll be interesting to see with, with Teoscar out, when he'll come back, who's going to step up to the plate and really take over that lineup. That's my AL team. Uh, you know, in the NL, I, I, I'm really kind of the Cubbies. I, I love my Padres in the NL, but the Cubbies are growing on me a little bit. I, I, I love what they're doing this year. Uh, you know, I, I don't know – I don't know if we're going to find them in the playoffs. We'll see. But I, I, I like their chances of being that, that like, spoiler or kind of, like, last man in, you know? So. Oh, I, I, lo- like I, I love the Cubbies to make some noise. And they got that postseason attitude that nobody believes in us, so nobody can stop us. I love it. You know, it's yeah. one of those things that just dominates. I would be remiss if I didn't mention it because, let's face it, we, I'll admit I have fallen in love with the Buffalo Blue Jays. I'm not afraid to admit it. Cons is having a little bit of a minor love affair with them. Nick P is wondering what the hell we're talking about. But in our, all of our heart of hearts, there's still pinstripes. We're all still Team Yankees. www.yankees.com. Yankees win. We all know the uh, the jingle. But with that said, before we sign up, where are we at on the Jeter meter? Like we said, they're they're not at where we expect them to be. They're not in ring the, alar- the alarm bells yet. But are we confident that you know, that this Yankees team can get it done in the postseason. Until that playoff percentage dips below, like, 70%. I don't know if you guys saw this. The Yankees are still at, like, 90.1% to make the playoffs. So, my Jeter meter is, like, still relatively high for this team as far as, like, you know, is this team – yeah, I mean, they have a 90% chance. There's going to be two teams from the AL East that make make the playoffs. It's going to be – it's going to be – we're well, gonna have the Rays. Obviously, they're running away with the division, but it's it's. I guarantee you, maybe three teams make it. From I I think I it's possible? very possible because I think the Yankees will get hot, and I think the Blue Jays have won enough games to where they could tread water at 500 now. They're gonna get. It's like you said, they're gonna get Hernandez back. They're gonna get Bichette back. Last I checked, right? Yeah, yeah. And the I Yankees mean that lineup. Gonna get yeah. Yeah, both lineups are going to get yeah. their two and three hitters back. Basically, that can make an in, entire difference as far as the rest lineup. All of a sudden, you put Judge and Stanton in that lineup. LeMay, who's getting better pitches hit. Hicks is getting better pitches hit. Void is in a completely different universe than he's in right now. He would be seeing dead red. And it's the same for the Blue Jays. You put Bichette and Hernandez back in that lineup. All of a sudden, Biggio's getting an even better pitch selection. 
You're getting Vladdy Daddy. You're getting Rowdy. You're getting Travis Shaw in much better positions. So both these teams, it's pretty impressive that they're both above 500 with arguably two of their top – their two top guys on offense missing time. Very interesting to see there. Nick P., where are you at on the Jeter meter? I mean, I'm not ringing the alarms yet, but I'm pretty close. Um, and and I'm, I'm close not because, <laughs> not because I'm worried about them making the playoffs. Like Khan said, they still have a 70% chance yeah, to make the playoffs. I agree. I don't 90, think – I don't 90%. think – I don't think – yeah, now they're in – I don't think 90%. any of us are worried about that, just yeah. for the viewer at home, definitely. But but you're, you're a Yankees fan. What do we expect as Yankees? We expect rings. The best. And, the best. Right. And this is a team that before the season, us three were talking like this was going to be – Yankees, Dodgers, etch it in stone. They're going to play a seven-game series, and the Yankees are going to win number 28. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, sure, my Jeter meter for the regular season, it's pretty lukewarm. It's no big deal. But I'm a little worried about the playoffs. We need to get healthy. We need to get some quality pitching, which we, you know, obviously have a couple of a couple of question marks in the bullpen right now, which is – Agreed. I think, I think partly because of fatigue – but I also think that they're not playing their best. Um, but the starting pitching obviously has hurt them too. Garrett Cole, to your point, Zach, uh, Maniac, I think I really think that Cole is going to get back to his winning ways. Um, but I'm worried. I want Judge back. I want Stanton back. I want Urshela back. I want everyone back for the playoffs. Then my Jeter meter goes down to zero, and we're going to go to the World Series. We're going to win it. That's, that's, my, that's the way I look at it. And then we're going to go to Tampa Bay, we're going to go to New York, and we're going to go to the bubble and win 28. (laughs) I just want to add one more thing that I found funny because, Nick, you you are – this is why I love you guys. Nick, you, like, word for word are exactly like the New York Post was. All right, call quick. We're done. Because they were making fun of Adovino the other night. Adam Adovino, I love him. I think – I love the whole story about him being a Yankees fan, that whole thing. But when you sit there and you say – I don't know. There wasn't enough lighting. Dude, your fastball was flat. Your curveball Yo. wasn't dipping. Your slider was awful. It's on you, not the stadium. It's on yep. you. You threw yep. the pitch, not the fans. Yep. Like, you realize how much confidence you have to lack in your stuff to actually say those words to the press? Exactly. Like, like I, I'm not trying – like, I'm not – if I had to ring the alarms, I would ring the alarms on Adovino's confidence right now, for sure. Yeah, but – It was but so flat, it, but yeah. It, what – I mean – is it harder to pitch or to hit when the lights are when the lights are? <laughs> I mean, come on, bro. Yes. <laughs> no doubt. But hey, huge shout out to 60 Days of Summer Volume for coming at you. We are coming in hot. And huge shout out to our sponsor, Posi Electric. Speaking of keeping the lights on, Posi Electric, residential or commercial electrical projects, give them a call, 716-698-2711. This has been 60 Days of Summer. Cons. Nick P, myself, let's have a great weekend, folks, and let's play Play. ball.